Amen. So glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Last week we started a series called How to Hug a Vampire. I'm so grateful that, um, that you guys decided to come back. Um, we didn't know how this series was going to go, but I'm, glad, I'm glad, grateful that you're here. Now, last week what we did was, remember we talked about how you can identify a vampire, but the first thing if we're going to identify a vampire is we're going to have to look here, right, right? One of the things that identify a vampire is if they walk by a mirror and they don't see themselves, right? Remember what we said last week? We said that sometimes we're vampires. And the reason it's hard to see us is because we don't see ourselves in the mirror as vampires. Now, some of you are new, so you go, well, what do you mean vampire? Well, we're not talking about sci-fi vampire. We're not talking about movie vampire. We're talking about people who suck the life out of you. Like, have you ever been around somebody like that? Just somebody who just drains the life out of you. Have you ever been somebody like that, right? We just Now, vampires are people. Listen, this is important. Vampires are people who are me-first people. They're people who only are looking out for themselves, who are only interested in what they want, who are only desiring to get their needs met, no matter how how many people they have to walk over, no matter how many hearts they have to break, no matter how many people. So vampires are people who are me first people. And last week we said, remember what we said? We said, we said we're just going to go on. We're just going to start a new habit of going on in our life. Vampires are people like, I am first people, right? I am first. I, I matter more than anybody else. It's my way or the highway. I am first. Now, what we said last week, does anybody remember? We said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to start a new habit. We're going to say, I am second. Yeah. That we're going to go, okay, Jesus, you're first. First and foremost, you're first. You're the one to be glorified. You're the one to be worshipped. You're the one to be honored. But and then also, we're going to serve. And with our families, we're going to just try this, I am second. And, and, and our families will be blessed. Um, and they'll, you know, honestly, they'll be amazed at what God does in and through our lives. This week, we're turning the corner. Um, not, only is, not only do we recognize vampires because of, and when we look at mirrors, we don't see a reflection. We also, there's another way to know if there's a vampire. You know, vampires are people that can't come into your home without, anybody know? Without being invited. Right? And so, but here's what I discovered. I discover in the lives of the people that I counsel, and I, I've counseled quite a few people, and the lives of the people that I talk to, and I've talked to a lot of people, that the people that are in their lives that are draining and sucking the life out of them, I've discovered are people they've invited in. Are, are people that they've, you know, my first thought or my first reaction when somebody says, my husband and my husband and my husband and my husband, I said, Man, who said I'd do to that guy? I would not have. Right? Or my wife, my wife, my wife. I said, did anybody ask her to marry you? I mean, was that your idea? Because if it was, you invited that person. Make sense? So today, we're going to talk about, listen, now there are some vampires. Now we're going to talk about that next week. Oh my goodness, do you not want to miss next week? And, by the way, if you want, listen, we have a 9, 9 a.m. service that's amazing. We had a bunch of people here this 9 a.m., but I noticed that 9 a.m. has a little bit more leg room and a little bit more parking room. So if you're concerned about the parking room or the leg room, you can experience a great joy at the 9 a.m. service. We got some par- so, so you can feel free to come early and, and you know, spend the rest of the day in the mall if you want. But um, 
Here's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the vampires that you cannot keep out of your life. Right? Can anyone say mother-in-law? Right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was bad. Okay, no. That was a bad joke. But listen, I love mother-in-laws. If you're a mother-in-law, I love you. Um, okay. So... No, but, but, but we, you understand what I'm saying. There are people in your life that you just can't cut off. I mean, you can't. They're just in your life, and they're, and they're going to be with you forever. Somebody say baby mama drama, right? Yeah, right? Like, you go, oh, but I didn't want to be with her forever. Well, just, I could have gave you a couple of suggestions about not being with her forever if you'd have just, right? Because there are certain people that are in your life that you can't simply say, I'll not have a relationship. You have to have a relationship with for the sake of the other relationships that you have in your life. So, those people, we're going to talk about how to deal with them next week. This week, we're going to talk about the people that you do have some control over, the people that you, do, that you can create boundaries. Now, this is why this message is so important for every one of us. The, mes- the reason that this message is so important is because your future is determined by the friends that you keep. That your, your future and mine will be in large part determined by the people we have surrounding us. Now, if, if, if parents, you know this instinctively, intuitively, right? If your kid starts to hang around with a person, right? Say, say your daughter, say your son, they start hanging around a person who's bad news, right? And whatever bad news means to you, right? Leather jacket, whatever, I don't care. But just like, you know, what is bad news to you? That person is bad news. Well, you freak out. What do you do? You don't, you're not like real calm about it. You're not like, well, sweetie... Let's to talk about the, the, you know, you're not, you, you freak out about that. You're like, no, don't hang out with them. You can't, no, you can't get their phone calls. You got to unfriend them. You got to stop following them on Twitter. You got to not uh, text, email, call. I'll take your phone away. You freak out and your kids go, no, but you're overreacting. And at that point, you push back and you say, no, 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 listen to me, listen to me. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. A principle that the Bible is teaching us for thousands of years and a principle that I want to help to remind you of today that friends determine your future. It's just the way it is. Now, now, since friends determine your future, this is important because this message, we're going to be talking about your future. And where do you want to be? Because the fact is, is that if you have people who are around your life, who are bloodsuckers, who are just me first people, or people going in the wrong direction, maybe they don't drain you, maybe they excite you, but the problem is, is that they're going in the wrong direction and eventually they're going to drain you. Listen to me. You want to pay attention because so go you, the way you invite friends into your life, so goes your future. Now, some of you don't believe that. You go, oh, you're, you're pressing the point too hard. No, I'm not. Listen to me. Okay, who here has ever had uh, smoked a cigarette for the first time? Anybody. And if my kids raise their hand, they're getting punched in the face. Okay, all right. <laughs> Okay, so right, so now watch this. No, 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 raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, right, who here has ever smoked a cigarette for the first time? Sure, sure, now watch this. Now raise your hand if when the first time you smoked a cigarette, it was with no one else but you. No one else but you. Okay, most of us, if you look around, we did it in community. Okay, who here had a drink for the first time? Go ahead, drink, right? The only one or two of us, right? Yeah, okay, there's a few. Okay, right, right. Okay, now watch this. When you had a drink for the first time, isn't it true that your experience, is, it was done in a community? When I had my first cigarette, it was done with a group of friends. When I had my first drink, it was done with a group of friends. First time I played hooky, that wasn't my idea. 
that was a group of, that was Raymond's idea. And no, it really was. But, no, but watch, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it was done in a community. And my friends, back then, I, I wouldn't have had the wisdom to say it the way I'm saying it now. But my friends, in large part, determined my future. My friends, in large part, determined where I wound up. My friends, in large part, got, now, now, whoever here, whoever here has done just like a slightly illegal drug, right? Illegal here, but maybe not in California, right? Just, okay, anybody? Anybody just a slight, okay, yeah, some of us, right? Yeah, okay, right, yeah. Okay, now watch this. You probably did that in community. You probably, you know, right, like, you know, someone had to teach you how to roll that, smoke that, shoot that, whatever it was. Somebody had to teach that to you. You probably did it in community. You know why? Because they knew that they would determine your future. Some of them, no, nobody ever wakes up and says, you know what I want to do? I want to be a fall-down drunk. But get you a couple of fall-down drunk friends. But get you a couple of friends who are not fall down drunk, but are heading in that direction. And you know, you know what you discover? Here's what you discover. That friends determine your future. Now, to get this message really deep inside of our hearts today, we're only going over one verse. I want you to memorize it before you leave. So today you're going to have a, a principle to know, a scripture to memorize, and an act to follow through. Okay. So now the principle that I just told you what the principle is, the principle is, I want you to know that friends determine your future. Everybody say that with me. Friends determine your future. One more time like you believe it. Friends determine your future. Because you're right. You're absolutely right. Second thing, um, I'm going to have you memorize the scripture, and I even have hand gestures for you. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to do them together, okay? The third thing is, by the end of the service, I want you to just make a decision, an oath unto the Lord, that there are some people, listen to me, this is big, by the end of the service, and I don't want you to shut me off, but i got to tell you this in the beginning, because there's nothing up my sleeves. Listen, there are some people, God brought you here, because there are some people that you need to simply unfriend on Facebook. There's some people you need to unfollow on Twitter. There are some people whose phone numbers you need to go delete. There are some people who you need to stop making that turn uh, by that water cooler because the conversations that you're having at work with the, that person is maybe going in the wrong direction. Listen to me. I want to help your future. But by the end of this service, I want you to, I want you to, there's somebody, there's someone who you simply have to say, listen, I love you, we've been friends for a long time, I just, I just, I gotta put up a boundary, you can't, you can't speak into my life the way you normally have, because I want a, a different future, I want a different future for my family, I want a different future for my husband. I want a different future for my wife, for my kids, for my friends, for my job, for my... I want a different future. And you will not get that different future if, listen to me, if you stick with those friends who will lead you in the wrong direction. Do you know why? Because friends determine your future. So, um, we're going to stand for God's word. The reason we do it is because God is awesome. And when he speaks, we want to just kind of be awake and reverent. 
and just like, wow, God is better than the President of the United States. So I want you to just go ahead and stand. And, um, okay, so now watch this. We're going to read this together, and then I want you to stay standing because it's only one verse. We're going to read it together, and then I'm going to show you the hand gestures, and then we're going to do the hand gestures like five times so you get them, okay? It's going to be a lot of fun, all right? It's going to be like Simon says. Are you ready? It's going to be fun. Oh, that's not even vaguely convincing. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. All right, all right, here we go. So here's the verse. Here's the verse, all right? Um, uh, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Now, on the count of three, I want everybody to say that, even the rebellious people who refuse to say it the first time. Okay, now watch this. One, two, three. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Now, here's how we're going to remember this, right? You go, oh, I can't remember anything. Sure you do. You still remember 70s music, so you'll remember to remember this, okay? So now watch this. So watch this. He, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. How's that? All right? We're going to do that together, okay? We're going to do it together. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You didn't think you were going to get your aerobic workout in today, right? We're going to get it in today. Here we go. Here we go. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Okay, three more times, three more times. You can do it. Here we go. You can do it. This is your workout for the day. Okay, here we go. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. One, uh, two more times. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Last time, with passion. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. You can be seated. That's great. Okay. Okay. So you know, you're right. You are 1,000% right. He who walks with the wise really will grow wise, and he who's a companion of fools really will suffer harm. Now, before I go into explain this verse, because there's not a whole lot, to the, uh, not a lot that needs to be explained. It's kind of self-explanatory, isn't it? But the, the book of Proverbs primarily, not totally, but primarily, is written by a man by the name of Solomon. Anybody ever heard of Solomon? Right, considered the wisest man that ever lived. Now, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, put the life lessons that he accrued throughout life. In other words, he gathered the life lessons that he had learned, right? Uh, and then he shared it with his son. Now, I could still remember my dad doing that with me. He, used to, he would say this. This is a proverb of my dad's. You know, a, he, say, he would say it in Spanish, but I'll say it in English. He goes, a friend is a dollar in the pocket. That was a proverb that my dad said. He was saying, now, I don't necessarily subscribe to that anymore. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that that's the wisdom that he tried to give to me. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that was the wisdom that my dad tried to give me. Okay. So uh, my mother would say, hey, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Right. That's what we're going to learn about today. Actually, mom was right. I, you should call her up and tell her so. Right. Mom, you were right. Yeah. After like 15 years clean, you should say that. Yes. Um, okay. So, but here's my point. My point is that all parents want to bestow, give, share what they've learned so that their children don't go through the same mess 
that they've gone through. Isn't it true with your kids you want to do the same thing? Right? So when your kids go, oh, but you didn't do that. I know. That's why I'm telling you. Because I went down that. Right. Okay. So you get what I'm saying, right? So um, Solomon is a dad talking to his kid, son in this particular case, so that his son would avoid some of the pitfalls of life. Now, when you understand that God's word, you think that God's word is a really big book, right? Like we all go, oh man, the Bible, that's a big book. It's not, not a big book when you think of all the things that God could have possibly told us, right? All the things that God could have possibly shared with us in this book. This is not a very big book. But the, the thing that's astounding about this verse is that it shows up more than once. With the limited room that God has in his book to teach us what he wants us to know, he thought that this bared repeating over and over again. Not just in Proverbs, but in actual stories. Um, listen to me. Because God wants to get it in your head, and God wants to get it in my head, that he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers So I want you to listen, because this is for your good. This is not something I want from you. This is something I want for you. So listen. Solomon says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Now what Solomon is not talking about is taking a walk around the block or physically, you know, actually moving with someone else. What he's talking about is who are the, who are the, the, the movers and shakers in terms of opinions in your life. The people who really have a lot of influence in your life. Those people that you do life with, that you call in the morning, like, you know, it's, uh, it's Tuesday morning, you just call them for no good reason. They're the close friends of your life, the people that you do life with. Solomon would say to his son, he said, those people that you choose to do life with, that their opinion, their stakeholders in your life, that they hold opinions that hold sway in your life, those people, make them wise. Make them a little bit ahead of the curve. Listen, here's, here's the first clue. If you're the smartest person in your friendship group, you're in so much trouble. Right? If you're the, if you're the wisest person in your sphere, you are in loads of trouble. Listen to me. Solomon says those people, the movers and shakers, the opinion people in your life, make them really wise. Make them a season ahead of you. Make them those people who are ahead in life than you. Especially those people who are ahead in life than you, more ahead in life than you are. Why? Why? Because we tend to start becoming like those we hang out with. We tend to mimic those we hang out with. This is true in my life. Um, the, reason, the reason, if I've done any growing at all, is because I've had people in my life. I've, I mean, just this summer alone, you've heard of, well, I mean, everyone you heard has, is a stakeholder in my life. Everyone. Gus is a stakeholder. He's a very wise person. He's, a, he's in a different stage of life than I'm in. He's uh, almost in the, um, in the empty nest stage. So that's, that's somebody that I need to hear and, you know, hey... Please speak into my life. Raymond is just so much wiser than I am. And so that's a person that I need in my life. Mark is like my spiritual father. Person. Um, Dennis is my coach and friend. And I just love that guy. And he's just so much. Like I remember when he told me, he's like 64 years old. 
And he's got experiences that he's looking back on that he's going, Edwin, you're heading in this direction. And he's going, I don't want you to do that. And he's pouring into me. Now I'm telling you, I'm better. Because he who walks with the wise grows wise. Now, grows wise. Doesn't get wisdom in a minute. So if you, if you practice this for one week and they're not as much fun and it's boring, and it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Just grows wise. It's a gradual thing. He who walks, he who has friends. So now watch this. If you have friends and none of them are wiser, or, or you, the opinion people, the stakeholders in your life are not father-in-law, you need to start getting new people around your life. Don't just have accidental friends. Accidental friends are wonderful. I have a lot of accidental friends. People that you never, you know, you didn't necessarily intend on making a friendship with, but, you know, oh, look, we worked at the same job. Oh, look, we went to the same school. Oh, look, we, you know, uh, lived in the same building, and then we became accidental friends, and then we just kind of got close, and okay, that's wonderful. Get those friends. You should have those friends. That's wonderful. Um, but intentionally get you around some people who you wouldn't necessarily hang out with, but are farther ahead in life. For those of you who are trying to get clean, find some people with multiple years clean. This will be beneficial to you. You'll start, you know what you'll start doing? You'll start getting, there'll be a learning curve. You'll start growing much faster than you ever could if you stay with people who are the amount of days, weeks, years that you're clean. You just grow faster. It's true. So he who walks with the wise grows wise. Do you get it? So that means in your life you're going to have to maybe take some people out and put some people in intentionally for the purpose of helping you grow in wisdom. Does that make sense? Are you with me? All right, All right let's do this together. Now you can do it still sitting at your feet, but even do the marching thing, you can do it with me. Okay, you ready? He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Okay. But the companion of fools. However, but, however, on the other hand, the companion of fools suffers harm. Now, this is very, very important. The Bible tells us that if the companions of fools suffers harm, because the Bible recognizes, listen to me, that when you hang out with the fool, there is collateral damage. Now, if you don't believe me, just listen. Don't have a beer. Don't have a sip of wine and get into an accident with a person who's been driving who had a couple of drinks. You didn't drink. You had nothing to do with that. In fact, you were a friend. You were trying to look out for them. But you were a companion of a fool who got behind the wheel after he was drunk. And then, yeah, listen, your stay in the hospital didn't get changed one bit because you didn't act out on it. It happened. Your stay in the hospital is just as long as his stay. Why? Because you're a companion of fools. See, so here's the thing. When we hear this, we think, this is what some of us think, and we, we'll do a little bit of pushback. You go, but I'll never do that. Like, I, I tell, listen, I talk to married guys all the time, right? And I go, okay, do me a favor. If you're a married guy, just hang around married men. Oh, yeah, but my, you know, some of my friends aren't married. No, do, do, do. Listen, listen, listen. Let me help you. Hang around married men. But Edwin, I ain't ever going to cheat on my wife. But the companion of fools suffers harm. Listen. When I talk to, uh, you know, when, and just spouses is the most thing that's kind of in my mind, but, but you know, even young people, and they're going, yeah, but I'm never going to smoke. I'm never going to drink. 
I'm never going to do that. Those are just my friends. That's not me. I'm not like that. You know, listen, 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 listen. listen. You've got to hear me, especially if you're young. I'm going to do you the best favor that you've ever gotten in your whole life. Listen to me. It doesn't matter if you never do those things. I'm telling you, the companion of fools suffers harm. When you're with your friends in the club and bullets start flying, does it even matter that you never picked up a drink? Does it even matter? Of course not. When the paddy wagon picks up that group of people, does it even matter that you were a good little girl or a good little boy or that you were the best little boy or the best little girl in your group? Good night. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because the Bible is telling us something that we, we should know. The companion of fools suffers harm. The pa- companion of fools doesn't necessarily become a fool or doesn't necessarily do what foolish people do, but the companion of fools absolutely does suffer harm. Now, we're going to say that one more time. Here we go. Well, we're going to say it a bunch of more times, but let's just do it again, right? He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. And that's my little facial expressions about stupid people, right? Okay, so, all right. So, now here's the thing. Now you go, okay, that's, that's good information. I got it. Okay, right. He who walks with the wise, get wise people around you, people who are ahead in life than you, and then get, um, get rid of some of the people who are people who are going in the wrong direction, right? So if they're heading, you know, if you're a married person and you got nothing but divorced people around you, you need to get some other friends, right? If you're a, if you're a single person and you got nothing but people who are just playing the field and doing life the way they want to, and, but you want to be married, you need other friends. If, you, if, you're, if you're a young person, and you want to go to college, but all your friends are heading to the corner or the cop spot, then you need different friends. Because the companion of fools suffers harm. You know why? Because this scripture is right, and it's telling us that our friends determine our future. And if you don't believe me, just look back. If you didn't graduate high school, did you do that all by yourself? Of course not. You had friends who were going in the wrong direction. If you didn't, like if you're not in the place where you reach all your dreams and all your things, listen to me, you probably did that in community. Now, I have, or we have, we have four alarms to find out if you're a companion of the wise or a companion of fools. So there's sort of four alarms, four warnings, four I don't know what you would call them, four cautions to really help you um, uh, determine. Now, uh, these are some practical things that you can ask. Now, this is just so, now you can examine your own life. I want you to examine your own life. Now, the first caution, the first, uh, 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 the first uh, caution is this. If your friends... And write this down. Write this down. It's in your, um, get your uh, uh, sermon maps. Get your sermon maps. It's in your bulletin. And if you don't have a pen, ask the person next to you to share it with you. Okay. Here it is. Your friends aren't going in the same direction you want to be. Your friends aren't going in the same direction you want to. Now, write, write that down. Write that down. If your friends are not going in the same direction that you want to go then you're hanging around with a fool and you're, and you're going to suffer harm. What does that mean? Well, I just mentioned it, right? If you want to go to college and your friends are headed toward the cop spot, your friends are headed toward uh, 
you know, somewhere else, the corner, if, if that's not your preferred future, if your friends aren't heading, I'm not talking about where they're at, I'm talking where they're heading. Do you understand that life is a direction? That life is a direction. That in life, you are heading in one direction or another. And so you have to ask yourself, where are my friends going? Are my friends heading in the direction? They're not divorced, but they're heading towards a divorce. They're not. Listen, he's single, but he's not heading towards marriage. He's heading towards a, a, a life of promiscuity and all that other stuff. Listen to me. She's not, she's not an alcoholic yet, but she's heading towards a life of alcoholism. He, he just uses casually, but he's heading towards that direction. You have to ask, if your friends are not going to where you want to go, there should be like alarms going off. In fact, there should be like a whistle being blown. If somebody should throw a flag on that plate, you should just kind of take a step back and go, oh no, I'm going in the wrong direction. Listen to me. Ask the Lord to help you search your heart. Are your friends going in the same direction you want to go? Or are they not? That's the first sort of test. That's the first caution. The second is this. You're pretending to be someone you're not. Okay. You're pretending to be someone you're not. Anybody ever seen like a mom of like three kids wearing spandex? Right? She's pretending to be an age she is not. Right? And everybody says amen. Right? We all get that. Right? Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you have to pretend to be someone, you're not. Forgive me, all moms who wear spandex. Um, love you still. All right. But stop it. Okay. Um, listen. Listen. If you have to pretend to be someone that you're not... In other words, if you have to be more flirty, if you have to be more vulgar, if you have to be more loose, if you have to be, if you have to use offensive language, if you have to, if you have to fundamentally change once you leave the door of your house to be who they want you to be, that's an alarm. That should be, I mean, just honestly, now now why am I giving you alarms, by the way? Alarms are back here. You know what alarms are for? Alarm, let's say, for instance, the edge and the ledge. This is the edge and the ledge of life, right? And then over here is like, man, doom, sin, terrible things, right? Okay. I find that Christians, the most miserable Christians in the world, are the ones who want to live closest to the edge and the ledge of sin. They don't want to be able to sin, but they want to live as close. And, and here's how I know them. I can tell them because of the conversations we have. They go like this. They say like this. Well, okay, but what's actual sex? Can you define sex? And I go, I don't know. What do you mean? And I do this all the time, so I'm just like, you know, you know, what do you mean? And they go, well, is kissing, is kissing sex? I go, I guess it's not technically. You're right. Well, what about hugging? Well, I, I guess you got me there. I got no scriptures for you, right? And what about this thing? Is that technically sex? And you know what they're doing? They're going, hey, God, how close can I go to the edge and the ledge of sin without falling off? Here's what I, here's what I discover 
about those people, that those people wind up falling in the pits more than anybody else. So the warnings that I'm giving you, I've just given you two. The warnings that I'm giving you are over here. So there's the ledge. So let's say, for instance, I discover that I have friends in my life that I, I have to change who I am, right? Like I drop, I, I, I'm starting to attract people in my life that I have to act like a different person. I have to, uh, you know, just be somebody I'm not, right? Well, I blew it. I fall. Oh, have I sinned? Not at all. Watch this, because the edge of the ledge of sin is over there. Uh, but I messed up here. Alarms are ringing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is bad news. What do I do? I get back up. I get some new people around my life, and there's no confession. I don't need to, I mean, I can confess it if I want, but I'm, I'm saying there's no, like, great sin that I've committed. I've just headed in the wrong direction, and I'm course correcting. The problem with trying to course correct over here is that you got no control. It's just a little slip, and you're done. You're done. So listen to me. Two things that we said, two warnings, two alarms. We said, if your friends aren't going in the same direction that you want to be, good night. You should, you should reevaluate that. You should get away from that. If you're pretending to be someone, you're not. Listen, if you feel the pressure, third one, if you feel the pressure to compromise... Do you feel the pressure to compromise? This happens in the workplace a lot. A lot. Right? You're, you're, you're walking by the water cooler, you're talking, and, right? and so you know, you're talking with the person, and it's, it seems sort of innocent at first, but and then there's got those double entendres. You know what I mean by double entendre, right? You, you know, it's, it, a double entendre is, is a statement that you make that can mean one of two things. Double entendre, right? So, you know, uh, I can't give you any sexual double entendres because then... They would go put a thought in your mind, but my point is, is that you're, you know, you're at the cooler, and he goes, you know, he goes like this, Susie, don't you look beautiful today? And you're like, oh, go on, right? And then he goes, no, really, if you were my girl, I would take care of you. Oh, Richard, you are something else. And then you kind of do that back and forth, or she says something to you that kind of rings your bell, and it's like, you know what you're doing? You're, 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 you're putting yourself in a position where you're compromising. Now... I've actually had people come to me and say, you know, I blew it, Pastor. I started to kiss this woman, and, but we stopped. You know, um, is that cheating? Now, I've done this for a few years, so I, I know that I can't convince nobody of anything. So what I usually do is I answer with a question. I say, I don't know. Why don't you ask your wife? <laughs> She'll be able to tell you whether it was cheating or not. Now, if the thought of asking your wife makes you want to throw up, then you already know. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Listen to me. Listen. If I record the conversations that you have, and I said, I'm going to share them with your parents, I'm going to share them with your spouse, I'm going to share them with your pastor, would, would you say that they would be full of compromise? Would there be something in there that you would go, okay, yeah, you could share these first three minutes, cut out these two minutes, and then you could share the last four. W would that be your story? It Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Right? Because, right, right, listen, listen. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools Are you finding yourself in a position to compromise? Now, one of the things that I tell people is don't put yourself in a position where you might have to say no because you might not say no. Does that make sense? 
Don't put yourself in a position where you might have to say no because you might not say no. It is very rare. Let, let me, and, and we've seen this because we've been, so it's in the water that we drink, it's in the movies we watch, the books that we read. God forbid you should read some of the books and, and, and stuff that's out there now. But like what happens in the movies, right? Have you ever seen this, right? You know, show, movie, short film, doesn't matter, right? Here's the thing, right? The guy gets seduced, right? So his wife's over there and she's a sweet thing and, you know, he gets seduced or she gets seduced and her husband's a sweet guy, whatever. And then, you know, they're trying to work it out, but this seducer is, you know, drawing them close. And then at the sort of the climax of the movie, what happens, right? They, the, the guy gets with the, the chia or, you know, I don't know what you call her in your culture. In my culture, they call her a chia, right? And so um, the, the woman who's he's cheating with, and so, and he starts kissing her passionately. And then what happens, right? And about 10, 15 seconds into the kiss, he goes, he pulls her away. He says, no, I can't do this. And then he runs away. And he goes back to his wife. You know that never happens. That never happens. You know, it, 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 good night. Don't put yourself in a compromising position. Don't put yourself in a circumstance where the flirtation... Listen, listen to me. This is why I tell singles, right? And none of the singles like me. I'm on none of their Christmas mailing lists because of this, right? I tell singles this. I said, listen, here's three boundaries, three rules, three cautions for singles. And for all of the singles that never took the suggestion, they can tell you the nightmare and the pain and the difficulty and all that other stuff that happened as a direct result. But here's what I told them. I said, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Don't be in a room alone by yourself with a person that you're attracted to. Just don't do that. Just, would you not do that? Okay, would you just agree? Oh, come upstairs for coffee. No, no, no. Send it down. Send it down. It's all right. It's all right. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Because people who go up for coffee wind up having breakfast. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Nah, it's all right. Okay. So here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. That's, that's a boundary that you have. Because you're, you're going to be... It's a, it's a thing that's like, oh, gosh, am I going to compromise? You're going to be forced to be put in a position. All right, so here's another thing I say. If you're single, I say, don't be alone by yourself. Just don't be alone by yourself. Second thing is no dirty talk. And that, and that includes, uh, like, comment, like, you know, joking around, you know, right? He goes, oh, yeah, pass me the banana, but he means, he means something other than a banana. You know what I'm saying? Like the double and tundra thing, right? And so he goes, you know, because so, guys are good for that, right? Guys could turn a, man, guys could turn a conversation about, like, growing wheat, right, into a sexual conversation, right? Have, women, have you ever noticed that? Right? None of the guys are laughing, right? No, just the women are like, yeah, true. Yeah, that's why we got three kids, right? Because you can turn any conversation. Listen to me. Very important. No sexual talk. No dirty talk. I'm telling you, you put yourself in a jackpot. You put ideas, thoughts, pictures in your mind that are not easy to get through. And I know some of y'all are like, Rip Van Winkle, go back to sleep. Listen, we ain't trying to hear this is the 21st century. We're going to do, let, let me tell you something, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. Right now, forget right now, in the last service, I could, there are people who could stand up and tell you about the heartaches, suicidal desires that they had because they couldn't take three silly suggestions. So it's not that stupid. It's not that stupid. I never, I never had a conversation with somebody whose best friend moved to California and they said, I'm going to kill myself because my best friend moved to California. But I've had a couple because their girlfriends moved to Jersey and, and said uh, that they broke off the relationship. And you know why? Because they got physically intimate and they just, they hurt themselves. 
Don't put yourself in a compromising position. The third suggestion that I give them, singles, and again, I'm not on your Christmas list, I get it, but I need to continue saying this because I have to, I just want to pile it into your head. And I know that you have objections. I know, like, you're like me, right? You sit at sermons and you go, I ain't going to do that, boy. You're crazy. I ain't doing that yet. Get it out of here. Right? And I get that. I do that too. But listen to me. I love you. I love you. And as your pastor, I want what's good for you. The third suggestion that I give, right, the first one is uh, no being in a room alone. The, the second one is what? Is no, yeah, no dirty talk, right? The third one is no open mouth kissing. No open mouth kissing. And I, right. So, I, I, what? Yeah, I get you. I get you. I say, what? Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can talk you through this. We're talking about compromise. We're talking about compromise. And you go, and I know I just, a bunch of y'all just shut up. I just say, looking at your phone, texting, yeah, this sermon's not for me. Yeah, I get it. Right. It's for the person next to you. I understand. No, listen, I'm talking to the person sitting in your seat. Listen to me. Listen. We're talking about compromise. We're talking about compromise. We're talking about compromise, right? I've never, me, and this is just the past, right? Maybe this is not universal. I've never open mouth kissed a girl and said, you know what? I'm totally satisfied with this. I don't want this to go any further. I've never done that. Not one time. Not one time. Like, I've told my wife, oh, it's wonderful kissing you, but I'll tell you. And she goes, no, no, let's go upstairs. No, no, I'm satisfied. No, that's not my story, right? It's probably not your story either. And if you, ladies, if you don't believe me, just don't listen to what their words say. Follow their fingers. And they'll tell you. They'll tell you what they really want. Listen, listen. Now, I'm just trying to help you here. Don't be in a room by yourself. Why? Because you compromise, you can have an opportunity. Second, don't talk dirty talk because it, it puts ideas and thoughts in your minds that you're not going to be able to grapple or get away from. Third, don't, listen, listen to me. If you get married with the person, you'll have 50. But, but, but if we don't have sex before, how am I going to know it's any good? Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Listen to me. Here's it. Look, look, come on. Come on. We're in church. We can talk honest. Listen to me. Come closer. Listen to me. Right, listen, listen to me. Here's what I know. Even cold pizza is pretty good, right? right? Like, I even like cold pizza, right? So even when, ba- when pizza's bad, it's still pretty good, right? Okay, first. Second, if you do it the way, if you do it the way that I just told you, what you're going to discover is that even if it's horrible on the honeymoon, you've got 50 years to figure this out. You've got 50 years to go, oh, man, you know, to, to, to just, you know, make your head spin, right? Third, third, listen to me. If you do it the way I said to do it, you're going to miss out on some stuff. Let me tell you what you're going to miss out on. Your husband is going to miss out on having to worry about whether you're comparing him to the last guy you were with. You're going to miss out on that. Your wife is, going to have to, is not going to have to worry about comparing herself to the other ladies that you had. You know what else you're going to miss out on? You're going to miss out on wondering if your spouse wants to go somewhere else because you know they've been faithful because they've been true even when you weren't there. You know why most of the, the, couples that I mar- uh, the, the couples that I talk to that deal with jealousy issues, you know why? Because if they couldn't control themselves with each other, what makes them think that they'll have self-control when each other aren't there? And so one of the best ways to overcome jealousy within a relationship one of the best ways to do it is simply be true. So if I, go, if I go, man, when she was madly, passionately, really excited about me, she was like, no, we're not going to do this because we're going to honor God and we're going to, you know. If, if she did that with me, then I know that she'll be able to honor me everywhere she goes. So there's some things you'll miss out on. But listen to me. 
when you leave here, you won't remember anything I said because the whole world, this is such stupid stuff when you speak this out in the world. But when you do as much counseling as I do, you discover that this is the stuff of life. Happy marriages are the marriages that take these suggestions. Now, I took a long time to prove this one point, which was you feel pressure to compromise. But if you feel pressure to compromise, you're, you're in the wrong place. Alarms should be going off. Okay. All right. Um, fourth, you hope the people you love don't find out who you're with. And we're going to... All right? You hope the people that you love don't find out who you're with. Now, here's what I mean. If you're hanging around with eight of your friends and your spouse comes up to you and says, hey, what you do? Oh, we went bowling. Oh, really? Who were you with? And you only mention six of the eight, all sorts of alarms should be going off. If you're hanging around with three people, if you're hanging around with three people and when the, your loved ones, when your kids, when your parents, when you're, you know, and, and you can only mention two of the three, do you understand what I'm saying here? If you have to hide who you're with, with the people that you love, they are heading you in a wrong direction. Friends, determine your future, and your future does not look good if you're hanging around with people who you have to... Now, I'm not talking about people you forget, like you were hanging around a group of 20, and you can only remember, like, oh, man, we, I was with the gang, you know, Jose and Gertrude and Ju, Joey, and, and, you know, you go down the list and you forget three or four because it's kind of like, you know, it's like 15 people there, and you couldn't remember everybody. I'm talking about the people you intentionally leave out. So that you could say, well, I didn't lie. I said I was with, oh, yeah, but, oh, I forgot to say. I, you didn't forget. You didn't forget. You didn't forget. If you have to, yeah, but my wife doesn't like him. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe you should talk about that reason rather than deceptively. Because if that's your friend, yeah, but it's because he cheated on his wife, but he's different. Yeah, maybe no. Maybe no. Listen to me. If you have to lie to the people that you're around, about the people that you're hanging with? Okay. Now, we're almost done. I, I got a video to show you, and then I'm going to come back and tell you about Jesus. But now, before I show you the video, and it's coming up in a second, so we only got like six more minutes to go, so hang with me, okay? He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Right. Now, listen to me. There are some of you who are here right now who you just said, after that, first after that third suggestion about no open mouth kissing, you just said, er, that's it. That's as much down the train as I can drive with you, Pastor. I am not going down this road with you any longer. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is very key. Please change your mind. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know a sexy way to say this. Please. Your friends determine your future. Here's what's going to happen. Some of you, I'm going to go, please, Right now, God wants you to change. He wants you to change the friends you're with. He wants you to change the people that you're flirting with, the people at your job. He wants you to unfriend those people on Facebook. He wants you to unfollow those people on Twitter. He wants you to erase the names on the phone. Listen, he wants you to do that because you're heading in the wrong direction. And some of you are going, no, 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 no. I'm going to go in my direction. I'm already determined. I'm going to keep on going. It's not as bad as you say. I'm just going to do me. Here's what's going to happen because I just had this happen less than six months ago. Less than six months ago, a woman came to my office bawling. Born, like uncontrollable, mocos coming down her nose, kind of ugly. Not, not Denzel Washington, one tear, you know, and all that other stuff. I'm talking about bawling, bawling, just absolutely undone. And she was telling me the story about how she got with some friends. And, and the people who were in this church begged her. I begged her. 
I said, please, don't go in that direction. No, 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 you're just an overreactor, Pastor. You're just an overreactor. You're just going beyond what's going to happen. I said, please, don't go in that direction. She went. Three years later, her, her, her marriage, blown up. The guy she left her husband for, terrible. And she's in a broken place that she doesn't even know how to get back to God. Now listen to me, listen to me. Here's the thing that she said through the sobs that I can't forget. I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have listened. So here's the deal. Three years from now, if you keep on going in the direction that you're going, with the people that you're going in, you're going to end up in a, a future where someone else is tucking your kids in at night, where something bad happens, where your relationships are destroyed, where your kids don't love you anymore, where this, it just gets bad. And here's, I got an idea. I got an idea. Why don't we pretend we're three years from now? And three years from now, you would say this to me. If you would come to my office, you would say, Pastor, I wish I would have listened to the word of God that day. When you say, I wish I would have listened to the, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. I wish I would have listened to that. I got an idea. Here's an idea. Listen. Let's pretend that it's three years from now. Okay? Let's pretend it's 2015, and you have your head in your hands, and you're sobbing uncontrollably. And you go, I would give anything to come back to that day. And then look, we're back to this day. And you have the opportunity now. So we're going to watch a, a video um, about what I just explained to you. And then I'm going to come back to you and tell you a little bit about Jesus. I support you and everything you do. It's all about you. Yeah. 